Tandem Nomads, episode 97. If you try to resonate with everyone, you will resonate with nobody. Today's episode is all about the importance of focusing your business on a very, very precise and small niche, especially when you're just starting out your portable business. So hello, Nomad Nation. This is Emel Deregui. I am a marketing and business coach and the founder of Tandem Nomads. Tandem Nomads is an entrepreneurship platform and a podcast show where you can find great inspiration and tips to build your successful portable business and thrive in your global nomadic life. In every episode of this podcast show, I try to bring to you as many practical tips so you can take action. So for this episode, I prepared to you a questionnaire that will help you define your niche. So you simply have to go to tandemnomads.com slash 97. So as I said, today's episode is all about the importance of focusing on your niche. And I know that a lot of people struggle when they start uh, to actually define their niche. And I actually also know a lot of people who already have been in business for a long time and still struggle to define their niche. So I hope today that I'm going to bring you some inspiration on how to find your own niche if you still haven't found it yet and how to set yourself as the expert in your niche. In order to discuss this topic, I brought to you a very special guest, Marielle Ervertz. So Marielle, are you ready for this ride? I am. I am. Bring it on. Wonderful. So uh, Nomad Nation, Marielle is a certified life coach for teens, the founder of Keeping It Real Me. Dot com, specializing in coaching teen girls and TCKs. How is that for a very specific niche? But this is such a very short description of who you are. There's so much more to say about you. So I would love, Marielle, if you could tell us a little bit about your journey, uh, your life journey, and how did that lead you to where you are today? Okay. Yes. Love to. And thank you for asking me. I'm very excited. Um, so I was born on Curacao, a small island in the Caribbean. Mom was from Holland. Dad was from Curacao. But I was raised in Holland. After my parents divorced, we went back to Holland. I went to college um, and I studied languages and cultures of Latin America purely because I really didn't know what, what I wanted to do. And I thought I love travel. I love getting to know other cultures. And that's what I did. But when I finished, again, the moment of, okay, what am I going to do now? So I did know that I was going to go back to my island. I visited, I had visited my island before and I fell in love with the island. So I wanted to go back. I went back. And I found a job in marketing, well, in communication and public relation more, because I had done a like a, a course on com in communication to get some more practical skills. I worked there for a couple of years, but never it never really had my heart. You know, it wasn't I wasn't really completely happy, and I didn't see myself working in in marketing or in communication for the rest of my life. So at some point I changed careers and I got my degree to teach 
actually my whole family, I come from a family of teachers. Yes, from my mother's side, my aunts, my dad's side, my uncles, everybody is teaching. I always said to myself when I was a teenager, oh no, I'm never, I'm not going to teach. But here I was, I think I was like early 30s. And here I was teaching. So I started teaching at a high school. Um, I, I taught um, um, social studies. Um, and I, that's where I found my love for working with teenagers. I loved it. I loved, loved, loved it. And I thought, this is what I need to be doing. But I wanted to go deeper. I wanted to learn more. Uh, I wanted to get closer to them. So um, we moved as a family from Curaçao to the Netherlands, but because both my husband and I wanted to have more opportunities, I wanted to go back to university to study now what I really wanted. So I went back and went back to school, which was kind of tough. We already had two kids, um, but I loved it because it was exactly what I wanted to do. So I studied clinical child and adolescent studies and at the same time, I started working at child protection, which was tough. And a tough, ooh, yeah, that was really hard, you know, with working as a family guardian with families where there's already, um, you know, a judge had determined that the situation was not safe. And so see, we had to work with the families to either get their child back or to get things better in the household, which is, um, you know, where I learned a lot about myself, actually, um, and a lot about how resilient kids are mm. and families, by the way, mothers too and dads. Mm. Um, I did that for a few years and I think I would have loved to work there a few more years, but hey, another new adventure. My husband got a job in Qatar in the Middle East. Now, I have to be honest, when he first came home and he said, well, what about Qatar? I had never heard of Qatar. Yeah, I'm not embarrassed to say that. I did not know where it was. I didn't know what kind of country it was. This was before the the the, the soccer championships were, <laughs> were going to be there. Yeah, because now everybody knows where Qatar is. But but I didn't. And well, we did, of course, some research and we went there. We had a glorious time. It was really nice. It's a very international community, which is which is what I loved. We made a lot of friends from all over the world. And I also was very lucky. I got a job as a school counselor in an international school. I love that. I loved the diversity of the work, working with kids one-on-one, -on -one, working with kids in the, in the classroom, but working very closely with the teachers, with the parents. I was also very close with my principal. I loved her. We really worked really well together. We had the same vision, and I was part of the, um, um, the leadership team of the lower school. So that was great. I did, however, miss working with teenagers because I was a school counselor at the lower school mm. and I missed working with teenagers because I knew still that this is where, you know, this is what I love to be doing. It's, I, I love teenagers. I love uh, just the time, you know, that they're in. It's so many insecurities, but they're also, they're little adults and also children at the same time. And searching for who they are and can be really tough to be a teenager 
And so I did stop for a while at the school and had my private practice in Qatar and worked uh, with teenagers, which is, uh, I loved that. I really, I really, you know, discovered that and it confirmed with me that this is what I wanted to do. But in Qatar, it's a little bit tricky because we were not allowed to register there as, you know, none of us, the psychologists, um, therapists. So it's really difficult. So we had to kind of work under the radar. So that was tricky. So I decided after a year that I went back, I went back to the school, Um, but not because I didn't like working with the teenagers, because I did. And then in 2016, two years ago, we decided to go back to our island. Um, There were different reasons why we decided to go back, but one of them was definitely um, to give our kids, who were at that time 14, 16, and 10, to give them hopefully some roots, Mm -hmm. some sense of roots. You can never be sure, of course, because, you know, while I was in Qatar, I learned what third culture kids are and discover that I was raising third culture kids and I was myself a third culture kid. So I really dove into that, did a lot of workshops on on the topic, read a lot about it. Um, And it's also a fascinating group of people as TCKs. We are special. (laughs) I think we are the bridge builders, you know, the connectors of this world. So but there is, of course, always uh, another side to be to all the wonderful things of being a TCK. So I did um, uh, dove into that and coached some TCKs, t- teenager TCKs, mm-hmm. um, specifically also. So what a yeah. journey here! <laughs> yes, now I'm here. All right. So there is so much you've said here that I want to extract and pull <laughs> and such a great case study of how to find your niche, you know, so I would love to use your story. You remember we were just talking now. So Nomad Nation, I was sharing with Marielle that um, I'm kind of missing interviewing people and I find all the joy of my work in meeting people and talking to amazing people like all of you here. So um, what I'm going to do and try to do more often is to use case studies like this to mix like the theories I teach in marketing and business and actually illustrated with great examples like yours. So thank you for uh, playing along and being part of this, Marielle. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so Marielle, there's it's such a fascinating story. So uh, before I, I, we go in deeper into how you did this and how you grew your business, um, I want to share with you, Nomad Nishin, um, just a fact here, just one of the facts that you can see through Marielle's story about how to find your niche. I think the most important thing is first to know, you know, not only what you're good at, but also what problem do you want to solve? That's really, really important. What problem do you really care about and you want to solve? So if you're still wondering that, if and make sure that when you express what problem, for example, don't just say if I would ask, for example, Maria, what problem do you solve? Usually what coaches would say, um, I help teens be more happy. So that's not a problem. You see? So you want to say, for example, how would you say, Marielle, that the problem of the teens that you and the girl teens that you, you help is? Very good question. Because that's actually why I eventually 
when I came back to Curacao and I started my own business, that's why I focused on teen girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this was a whole process. I, I did some soul searching and I did, you know, of course, research and talk to many people and, and thought about what I really wanted, but of course, also what is needed. And based on my experience with many teens that I've spoken with, and for some reason, um, a lot of girls, I've worked with a lot of girls. I have worked with boys as well, but one of the things that really stuck with me was um, that a lot of girls that I talked to, either just talking in conversation or really coaching or counseling, um, were girls that were just smart, happy, well, they were not happy, but they were smart girls doing well in school. They had friends, they were very active, they had involved parents, and yet they were not happy. They were really stressed, you know, and I was thinking about that. And the more and more I talked to girls, the more I started reading more about that, you know, how come, what's going on with our girls these days? How come there are so many that can't sleep because they can't stop overthinking? How come there are more girls that cut themselves? How come they are so perfectionistic that they're, you know, becoming their own worst enemy? And I'm going to stop you there because that's so important. You see, you already mentioned three very precise problems and what we call actually pain points. So you want to take the problem that teen girls are are suffering and being and, and being depressed and stressed. So that's the overall problem. And then you described very well three amazing like pain points. They cut themselves. They can't sleep. And I don't remember the third one you said. Um, perfectionist. Perfectionist and basically lose self-confidence. So yes. three pain points. And that's what you want to do. You want to explain what problem do you solve in your business by doing that. Exactly what you did now. Express that problem. That's so important. So, and the other thing that I would say, sorry for interrupting, but I think it's no, going to go back to what you wanted to say. The other thing on top of the problem, okay, you know what's the problem. You define it very well. Don't just say I help teen girls be happy. I actually solve this problem that's so bad. And you could see the passion of Marielle when, when she was explaining that. So the second thing is who do you really care about? Who are the people you really identify with their pain and you want to help? So to go back to you now, <laughs> Marielle. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. No, well, I, I was just thinking back to my own teenage years Mm -hmm. and I truly believe that I did not and my friends did not have as much stress as these girls have these days. Mm. Uh, Even girls that have come from wonderful families, have a lot of support and are doing well in school, for example. Um, So, and I know that whatever I have found in my communication with girls was backed by research because more and more now you see research coming up um, showing us that it's really not going very going well uh, with our teenagers also our millennials by the way they are mm. super stressed and I feel that uh, and I feel you know I worry about them it's this this of course you can talk for hours about why that is there are so many uh things that influence that but definitely for example the impact of social media just they're growing up in a world that's totally different with the internet a lot of pressure pressure to succeed where's the pressure coming from is it from school parents from themselves um what is also just 
the girls are growing up, if you look at what they're watching, or the YouTube and the reality television and stuff like that, they get a very clear message mm -hmm. that they have to be perfect, so that they have to be thin, but not too thin. You have to be curvy. You have to be smart, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to stand up for yourself because that's how we raise our girls. But mm -hmm. hey, listen, not too, because then you're a bitch. Um, mm -hmm. So you have to be kind and have friends and always smile. And so there's a lot of double standards and also a lot of things that girls think that they need to li live up to. And that affects just how they see themselves and their confidence. And, um, oh, there are so many. I could talk for hours. Oh, my God. I think I'm going to have to stop you here. <laughs> but here is Namat Nation. I just want you to watch that passion. Look at the passion that Marielle is having, talking about the problem that her niche has. It's a, it's a true passion. And you could talk for hours. So if you're struggling to find your niche, this is what you should do. Ask yourself, what could you talk about? about for hours what are you always reading about what are you always watching online what magazines are you reading what are the topics where even if you're not an expert in that you're interested in and that you find that there is something to do about you see what I mean so that's really important the passion there is so important I love listening to you I could <laughs> listen to you for hours explaining all these problems that are really really important so think about that What problem do you solve? And uh, that's really, really important. Another thing that you did, Marielle, and when you explained your story, you found that passion for girls and the issues that teens and millennials are going through, especially TCKs also. We know why, because of all the moves and identity mm -hmm. issues, etc. Um, you were not a born expert in TCKs. We've always been, or girls or millennials, we've all been kids at some point, but that doesn't make us an expert in anything in helping people's problems. What you've done is go back to school, despite the fact you already had a master, and then you got experience working on it. So that's yeah. really important to highlight here, whether it can go both ways. Either you know what problem and what audience, what topic you're passionate about. Either you already have the skills and great, go for it. And if you don't, then get them. Yeah. And another thing also is that you can also complement, you can either get studies, you can either get uh, trainings, or you also delegate the parts that you don't have. That's also important because starting a business doesn't mean that you have to do everything. In coaching, obviously you do. But let's take the example of a, any kind of business in general. Uh, there's so many other ways to acquire the expertise. You need to address the problem of a niche. So don't get stuck if you think that you don't have everything it needs. Right? What do you think, Marielle? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so how was it for you that stretch to have to start all over again to get the skills you needed? To start, you mean when I went back to the university? Yeah. yeah you know, I... The, It was hard, hard work. But what helped me um, was that as soon as I was back into school and, and listened to the professors and, you know, looked at the books, I knew this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. So that gives you then the energy and it's so much more fun that when, that, at least for me, than when I was 18, uh, you know, I went to university just because I knew I had to do something, but it wasn't really, you know, I really didn't know what I was, what I wanted to do with that. So mm -hmm. now I had already had this vision of, 
not very clear yet, like what niche, for example, at that time, I wasn't mm. very clear. I was clear that I wanted to work with teenagers. That yeah. I found, my, I found that that was a very good feeling to know that at least I know that I'm. I've already through my teaching, I already knew that I had, um, you know, uh, there was a connection between me and teenagers. I was good at that. I knew that, but I needed to know more about their development, about how their brain works, and how to help them. So uh, that's why I went back into college. And, and that's, you know, I loved it so much, really. Mm-hmm. It, was, it wasn't always easy, really, because I had to do statistics. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> but apart from that, all the other subjects were really interesting, and it was all worth it, all the pain, all the time and the energy. Because now I feel, uh, after that, I was like, okay, now I'm ready. Now I'm ready, and now I get, can continue to... Of course, then still searching for where exactly, what exactly do I want to do? Exactly. I want to pause there because that's such a critical question. What exactly I want to do? So two things here. The first thing before we go deeper into that, before you started your studies, how did you, I know that I explained about passion, what you care about, the problem, who you, et cetera, who you care about, but what was the trigger for you to suddenly say, I'm going to do these studies? Because it takes a long time. It's a lot of efforts. So what was the aha moment or the trigger in your head that made you go from what you were doing before to going back to study and learn more about teenagers? You know, I was teaching for maybe two, three years and I... Um, felt so strongly that I needed not to stay working as a teacher because I, you know, as a teacher, uh, yes, you do work with the teenagers. Um, and I was teaching social studies, which was nice because then I could talk about the, this, the stuff that interests me, right? About mm. talking about their identity and what's going on in their life and the soft skills and stuff like that. Mm. But I felt even, you know, with my group of teenagers that I was responsible for as a teenage, as a teacher, that I, I felt I couldn't do enough. There wasn't time for me to really get deep, you know, into mm. get really connected with them. So I just researched and looked for, okay, I would love to be able to work with the teenager more one-on-one. Mm. What do I do? And then I just looked, uh, looked through um, the types of um, studies that there were, and I picked uh, clinical child and adolescent wow. study. I could yeah. I could have also picked child psychology, but I liked from my study that I don't that you not only look at the child but also look at the surroundings, the network around it. So it's a very broad in yeah. that sense. And yeah, that's what triggered it. That's amazing. That's amazing. So the second point here is the exactly, and that's what I invite everyone to do when we work on the niche. For example, let's not just say I work with kids. That's too broad. I work with teens. That's too broad. So what you've done, you've gone deeper and decided to focus essentially on girls and TCK girls. So how did you do do that? 
that was a process, right? Mm-hmm. So I when when I started when I came back from um, from Qatar and we came back to Curacao, that was the moment for me to decide. Right now, I'm going to really do what I want to do, what I've been working towards. I mean, I've had many different working experiences. Uh, I've had my second uh, master's degree, and now it's the time I felt for me to start my own business and do what I really want to do. And then I had to decide, of course, my niche and what I needed to focus on. That was actually a big thing in Mm -hmm. all of the things that I needed to decide because I was totally new to setting up a business. I was totally new to setting up an online business because I decided at least part of my business should be online because I want to work with TCKs. And secondly, I want to I wanna be able to do my job anywhere because, you know, looking, from, looking towards our past, you never know what our future will look like. But um, those were the two reasons. So the whole, I, I had to do so much learning on online marketing and online business. And so with that came then, of course, all the marketing experts would say that, okay, what's your niche? right? It's better to focus on the niche. And um, by the way, there are many different opinions about that. That's Mm -hmm. also overwhelming and confusing. That's true. But I did feel that uh, I was too broad. So I definitely went through a process where in the beginning, I was in the mindset of, oh, no, but I should, I should, you know, um, um, focus on all teenagers and all sorts of families. and then slowly, I think that's the, it's kind of a natural process, right? At some point, I was like, no, this is too broad. This is to me too broad. And I had just this, uh, at a certain moment, I knew, no, I like girls. And I mean, as soon as I made that decision, it was such a relief because it, meant that I could really focus everything, right? My content, my marketing strategies, I could, my, you know, when I, I need to, of course, keep reading books and stuff, I can focus everything on girls, on the development of teen girls, on the issues that they struggle with. with. Mm-hmm. So actually, it's so much easier on the one hand. On the other hand, in the beginning, at least, it was still a little bit scary. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, am I not now cutting off a whole group of people and I'm just starting out. I just, I'm I'm still working on building my business. So maybe I'm, you know, that's, and I know, I know, and now I know that's a normal that you have to go through that. Mm -hmm. But I am at the moment now, this is the second year of my business. I'm now at the moment that this is, this is what I'm going to do. And this is for me, um, the best way to go. Um, so definitely a process took me along. And actually, for example, yesterday, this still plays a role. Yesterday, I was talking uh, to a school principal and we were talking about the transition from girls to from lower school to middle to middle school. And she asked me to do kind of a, a talk or a workshop for parents. Um, right and she knew because I had introduced myself that I was specializing in girls and that's that's my yeah teen girls that's my group Mm -hmm. and we were discussing 
And the, here comes another moment where you have to then stick to your gut and stick to what you've chosen, right? And, and the principal, by the way, was very open to it. She said, uh, she said if you want to do it, like for all parents of boys and girls, that's fine. But listen, you're specializing in girls. If you want me to just invite the moms and the dads of the girls, that's fine too. Then, then we can go specifically into the issues of girls. And there, right there, again, I was at that moment where I had to make a decision to say, should I revert back to my old self saying, oh, yes, I do everything, everything. But no, instead, say, after some hesitation, I'll be honest, <laughs> some hesitation, I said, you know what? Let me just stick with the girls. Oh, my God. That so. was the best decision to bring you in here. <laughs> you are expressing in so many ways what I'm trying um, you know, to, to explain to my clients when I work with them because I've been there too, to be honest with you. It's been so hard for me to go from corporate, working with big companies, and I had a niche in that field too, but to going to expat partners, such a small group, and only a certain type of expat partners, those who want to start a business. Look how small that can be. And, um, and so I, I'm... I'm nodding my head at every single thing you've been saying. So thank you for sharing that because I know that what is called FOMO, the fear of missing out, is the biggest issue for people when they have to work on their niche. And that challenge is going to come along the way many times in your entrepreneurial journey. I'm not saying your niche should not grow because it will grow actually. Once you become the expert in your field, at some point that's going to grow you know so that's fine but you're starting you need to focus and you gave some really good examples because i was planning to actually explain why is it important to focus on a niche and by explaining the fear of missing out and how it turned out to be a good thing i want to extract that why why is it good and you said it it's because it helps you focus and if you have a niche, it's so hard. There's so much things to do when you sell a business, so many things and aspects and messaging to work on and marketing strategies, etc. If you try to focus on everybody, you will never be efficient. So focusing on a niche is efficient, but it's also cheaper, by the way, because the conversion rate is much cheaper than if you spend, for example, a certain amount of money to target a, a all people, you have more ch yeah. less chances to find the right clients than if you focus on that niche. It's much cheaper, yeah. and it gives you focus and efficiency. So, um, and what I would say at some point, there's it makes you the expert of that niche. Tomorrow, somebody wants to help their daughter who's having issues, they know where to go to. There's Marielle. Marielle is there. People know that you are the expert to helping teenage um, girls, especially TCKs. So it, you become the expert of your field. And like you say, it's better be to be a big fish in a small pond than a small fish in a big pond. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. So very important. And thank you so much for bringing all that struggle that you've been through and so honest and authenticity. I really appreciate that so much. <laughs> so um, I hope Nomad Nation, you're taking that in and hope that this helps you through your struggles. It's never easy to focus on a niche, but you see the result. And the, what I want to share is that result. What was the result for you? Marielle, I've been 
following you now for a year or two years, a year or two. And I remember I met you, you were just at the beginning. Yes. You remember you had your first version of your website and we were exchanging yes. about it. And, and it was like far from what it is today. It's just yes. amazing. And progress is better than perfection. That's also the big message. Start somewhere and that's what you've done. You went for it. You just did it. So as soon as you find your niche, just go for it. So, but I would love you to take us real briefly through how do you measure your success now and what would you say was the transformation of your business and what helped you grow it from where it was two years ago to now? Okay, yes. So a lot of changed in two years. I learned a lot. I learned a lot on marketing and online business. Um, that the fact that, that I was more and more clear on the niche really helped me really give me a big push because then I totally changed my website and actually I'm still not there yet. Yes. I'm always struggling with, yes, I found the niche, but in my marketing, for example, mm, um, there's that. always the problem of you focus on, do you direct yourself towards the parents or the teenagers? And actually I was kind of unclear about that kind of in, so you see that also in my marketing that I was unclear because sometimes I would direct myself to teenagers uh, you know and in other to them in other ways to the mothers or to the parents in general um usually the mothers i have to say but uh now more and so but like you said you know i just do something and i just put it out there and i just learn and i try to um regularly reflect on hey listen i can more or less things will kind of fall in place actually right now i i've have so i did another um I went back to school again. Oh, actually, just in a program. I found a program, uh, life coaching for teen girls. Yeah, at the Teen Wisdom Inc. by Tammy Walsh, mm. which is a wonderful program. I just finished. I'm finishing that up now. But that also gave me another boost. Boost in yes, this is my niche. And she also had you know helps us with marketing strategies and something and stuff like that. But I learned, so now, for example, when you look at my website, although I'm happy with how it is, I know now that I need to change it again. Because on my website, I still, uh, the language that I use is still for the teenager. And mm -hmm. actually, I have decided now, no, everything on a website should be towards the parents. And uh, the, because they are my paying clients, right? They, they will pay. They will be the one to contact me. They need to know the information. They need to know my expertise and what I know about teen girls and how I work. So this is another learning, you know, a curve that I went through. Like, okay, yes, now I know. I, I, it's so much clearer now. Again, makes it easier. I don't have to think about, oh, should I do this piece of my website for the teens and this piece of the website for the parent? No, no, just easy. Everything on my website is for the parents. They're the one that's going to read that they're oh, going to read that's it. That's fabulous. I'm so happy you brought this up because I really want to talk about it. So that's something very important in every marketing strategy. So Nomad Nation, whenever you define your niche, once you figure out who you want to help, that's the most important, who you want to serve, who you care about. That's the first question you want. Then you have to say, ask yourself who will pay for it. Yes. And basically your marketing strategies, basically there is the user or the consumer 
who's in your case the teenage girls, TC yes. teenage girls. Then there is th there's actually three type of stakeholders: the t the user, the prescriber, and the payer. Okay. So that's how you want to have a marketing strategy that focuses on where the business is the fastest somehow. Who's the one who's going to prescribe what you do and pay for it? In your case, the prescriber and the payer is the same person, is the mother. The mother is going to, or I guess it's mo most, mostly mom. Mostly, yes. Yeah, the mother is going to go and say to her daughter, I know you're struggling. I want to help you. I found somebody who can help you. So she's yes. being the prescriber and the payer. So your marketing strategy has to be focused on that. And then yeah. your content when it's about the girls, has to also appeal to the girls, I guess. Of course. Once the relationship has started, that's when yes. you're on appealing your, um, your, directing your speech towards the teens because you can't yes. talk the same way then to the parents and the moms than to the girls. So no. you're completely aware about that. And I noticed that, and it's funny, I was really wanting to talk about that with you. Thanks for bringing it up. Because I noticed, I looked at your website, that a lot of the language is directed toward the teens. I was like, that's interesting. I wanted to ask you, why did you choose that? Because usually the marketing should be directed towards yes. hair. But I also saw your pop-up. That was a huge improvement because your pop-up was with an amazing, I'm actually going to put it uh, somewhere. I actually took a screenshot of your pop-up. It was so oh. good. It was so well-designed. The language was direct. You have expressed the point, the problems. You have expressed what you're offering and what are you promising in just a few words in a three oh, or five minute you. video. So, uh, absolutely amazing so i'm gonna put that in um in the social media and facebook group or in the web page actually i will put it in the web page of this episode oh, thank you. slash 97 because nomad nation i want you to watch the language that marielle is using to target her niche and sell her product because that's essential i'm i'm rambling on it, but it's essential to make that difference. How do you make clients? You make that by targeting and using the right language. And that's part of the big research that you have to do once you find your niche is to do a market research, do focus group, talk, sit down with the people who are concerned in your niche and, and listen to every word. Listen to every single word. Maybe the way we say, for example, in my case, Tandem Nomads, I have My key word was success, for example. I was like, how to get success, how to become successful, because that's something that I was into. Um, but I realized when I an analyzed my market niche, the expert partners don't want to use the word success. That's not what they want. They want fulfillment. Right. You see the whole difference? Yes. So very important to, and I think you've done that. It's just, it comes naturally, but really spend that time yeah. to once you find your niche to really understand the language that they use and speak their language. And that's what I loved about your video. You did an amazing job there. So I could see that you were transitioning and that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Which brings me to the point that you also said, it's a, a business is, a, is like a, is a living creature. Yes. And it's in continuous improvement and continuous learning. And you, you said it, you're taking your trainings. You're never stopping to learn. Nope. So accept that fact that you won't start perfectly and you will continue to improve. And that's okay. That's actually better. <laughs> well, nothing well, worse than stagnation. So perfection yes. is stagnation. So very important. 
sorry I rambled there, but I really wanted to extract the goodness of everything you shared here. <laughs> I really appreciate it. So uh, I have one last question because once you find your niche, once you know how to target it, um, and we said how important it is to target the payer, but also in your solutions, in your delivery of your services, then you have to turn the language into the teens and the girls because you're working yes. with them. So that's yes. very important. I'm sure that all your materials with the girls are with girls' language, not with yes. us language. Yeah. So um, that brings me back to you find your niche, you know what is that problem, you know their language, you know who you have to target. Now, how do you make money? <laughs> how do you make money and actually what is the solution you're providing you know what's the problem so how did you figure out your business model in the promise how are you providing that transformation because it's all about transformation yes. that you're providing and promising through your services take me through right. that yes well i have i'm still learning right i am still learning every day about how to do that i have Oh, there's so much to say. I was, uh, I have many ideas of what I think would be useful for teenagers and in certain ways, like a course or one-to-one -one or whatever, you know, group or individual. But um, I learned that really I need to first see what the need was again. Yeah. How can I, how do I get to know more about what they need and in what formats you know what do they want so um it's really to be honest a lot of trial and error trying you know to make make something or um i did a lot of surveys also online i uh emailed everybody that i knew that had teenage girls and asked questions i um and in the end um i did do um in my so if you if you ask me how do you then make money when i look back at it now and I'm, again i'm still i don't consider myself a starter but i definitely consider myself still a beginner um when i look back on the last two years the most um uh, useful for me was con connecting with people that i already know and then uh getting into conversations much more than uh, the mar the advertisement for example although i have i have put a lot of effort into um uh, my social media accounts i do i do post regular regularly and um i do get uh, you know the following is growing but when it comes down to what I actually get paid for was actually more through direct contact with people mm -hmm. that I know. Like, for example, I still have contacts in Qatar through my school counselors network and through them, they are the one that then refer people to me. Mm -hmm. Or I did a program for a school, for example, related on stress management. And then and th there was a need there they said, listen, we have high school students here. They are stressed out. Could you please help them with some sort of online program? And that's what I did. And then I designed the program and we did the program. It was great. It was great for me also to discover, um, hey, there's a boost for me. Like I can do this. I can just give me what they need and then I'll make a program. And 
I got a lot of feedback from them. And so based on that, based on their feedback and their words, exactly what you said, you know, the words that they use and actually not really focusing on what I think is their problem, but listening to what is their biggest problem, you know, and that was the stress, which is why I made the stress course, you know, because there are so many teens stressed out and I basically put, you know, everything that I did with them and everything that I did with my individual clients, it always comes back to a lot of basic stress management skills. Mm -hmm. So that's why I made this course. But also here in Curacao, um, you know, I, so because I wanted to kind of do uh, both online and offline work, right? Because I really do, actually, I do love the, the using Zoom for online coaching. I did the experience there and have, uh, am coaching a few TCKs, which I love. And I love this technology. I love that we can do this online. Um, and I really want to expand on that. But I also want to do face-to-face here on the island and actually this is what I learned I just started like um, six weeks maybe two months ago to network myself here on the island and I decided at some point you know what I'm just going to do it. You know, I have also have that perfectionist, like, no, I first have to finish this and then I have to finish this. And then, and I was like, no, stop. I just made, a, a, I found a location and I organized an event for mothers of teenage girls, a happy hour for mothers of teenage girls, just to connect and share. I did a short introduction, but it was more like introducing each other, helping each other. Uh, yeah. And that was really great. It was just 10 mothers, but it was great. But you, and, you, and guess what? But from those 10 mothers, I have to be honest, two of them were really good friends and they brought uh, other friends with them who had teen girls. But two, I, I now have two mothers that came up to me and said, hey, can you coach my daughter? I'm coaching them now. And I have another uh, mother who was there who worked at a school and, he, and she said, hey, listen, come to my school. Maybe you can do something for the moms wow. and the girls. So. Amazing. It's that combination, right? Just kind of trial and error and really listening to what they're saying. Like what you just said, you listen to their words and then jump into that. Exactly. Beautiful. I don't think I have to add anything to that. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. So listen, listen, listen. That's the key. And another thing you said about how you grow your network, just be out there and be consistent. I think I have many episodes about that in the previous ones, the importance of being consistent. And maybe that your business does not come directly, for example, from social media or from your events, but people know what you're doing. They can't recommend you if they don't know what you're doing. So you need to be out there and share all your expertise and, and, and provide your help. You know, it always starts with free resources, like yes. example, this event, like just like organize a regular event. It can be online. It can be, it can yep. be like some level and life, a group life, Facebook life with Q and A's, for example, if you have to keep it portable, if you can do it local, it's, it's a, like a monthly yes. meetup where you yes. talk with people. So you want to create a regular meetup point with your audience because you want to make sure that they don't forget you and know all the value that you have to share. And, um, and that's 
huge. So thank you so much. I think we could go for hours talking about (laughs) that. So I think at some point I have to put an end in this, but (laughs) it's hard. (laughs) Um, But um, just before we finish, um, however, I'm just going to say one thing because I have the feeling there's a few important points we covered. So Nomad Nation, what I'm going to do, I will be putting a sheet for you on tandemnomads.com slash 97 that you can download with all the bullet points of the questions you need to answer to be able to find your niche so so that you can really help. And, and I think you've got amazing inspiration here with Marielle. But if you are if you really want to work on it and be serious about it, so download this worksheet, tandemnomads.com slash 97, and then integrate in it the video of Marielle. That's amazing. I just find it really well done. So go there. And Marielle, could you tell us a little bit about what are your packages now and uh, and where we can find you? Yes. So, well, my website is keepingitrealme.com and I offer online coaching um, individually. Um, so that means in coaching packages, that means um, that I have an... In- like the foundational package, which is where usually we start, is consists of an intake with the parents where I you know, ask all sorts of questions about their daughter, but also about their viewpoints and what they would like to uh, accomplish with coaching. And also, of course, for me to explain really how I work and what coaching is and what coaching isn't, um, I send them a welcome package with all sorts of information also. And then uh, th- there's four sessions with the teen itself. And then at the end, after the four sessions, another session with the parents. And if the teen wants to be there, that's fine. Um, where we discuss, you know, what, how, evaluating actually what was done. And of course, you know, depending on what is needed, sometimes uh, we continue. Sometimes if it's just for smaller issues that we can tackle within four sessions, that's great. If not, then we can continue. But it's always in four like four weeks. Um, So that's what I offer. Um, Obviously, if a parent needs, would like some um, uh, parenting advice, they can always connect with me and contact me and we can have a one-on-one between me and the parent. That's also uh, a possibility. And of course, here on the island of Curacao, I want to start with individual, uh, also group coaching for girls. Mm. My dream is to also have a virtual group coaching for girls, mm. uh, but I need to work on that. I need to work work more on marketing the how to market that and uh, do that in a right way because. Mm it definitely is something that I believe could be so, so useful. So you're going to nail it. I know it. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. I hope so. so. There's a huge need out there. And that's the thing, you know, at the end of the day, if you're providing real solutions to people who really struggle with a real problem, um, you just need to be out there and share it with the world. And, and uh, it's, it's, I have no doubt it's going to work out. So keep it real me.com. Right? Keeping keepingitrealme.com. Keepingitrealme.com. So Nomad Nation, yes. I'll put all the information of Marielle in the webpage of this episode. Again, it's on tandemnomads.com slash 97. Marielle, thank you so much for doing this with me. It's been amazing to talk with you. It's just it was so much fun. Bro. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. I was very, very honored to be on your show. It's, I can't believe it. And uh, I, you know, as you can see, I love talking. I love talking about my business and about girls. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for inviting my me. My pleasure. My pleasure. All right. Namad Nation, hope you enjoyed this episode. And as usual, stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities. And start right now with the freebie of this episode on phantomnomads.com slash 97.